Exciting news at This Week Health. Starting May 16th, our keynote show is moving to Thursdays. Catch every episode weekly on our This Week Health conference channel. Don't miss conversations with top health system leaders designed to transform healthcare one connection at a time. Subscribe to This Week Health conference and stay updated every Thursday. Welcome to This Week Health. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. Today, we have an interview in action from the 2023 Spring Conferences Vive in Nashville and HIMSS in Chicago. Special thanks to our sponsors on the conference channel, which are SureTest, CDW Healthcare, Artisite, and Rubrik for making this content possible and for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. You can check them out on our website, thisweekhealth.com. Now, on to this interview. All right, here we are from Vive, another interview in action, and we're just doing this on the fly. I mean, there's no prep, there's right. just, we're just gonna talk about it. Matt McVeigh with the National Children's? Children's National. Children's National. I don't know why I always get that backwards. Children's National Hospital. CIO, welcome, welcome to the conference. What have you seen so far? What are you looking for at the conference? Well, it's off to a, a great start, fast start, and, and even the setup and the energy around this conference, like even a year ago, it's grown so immensely. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of energy and excitement, and notwithstanding the challenges we all face, right? But the, it's good to be here interacting, and I guess some of the things I pick up on is kind of this continued balance between kind of our core legacy and how we're shoring that up with all the great startups and innovators that are here and how you blend them into the ecosystem. Is there anything, I mean, the interesting thing about this conference is, I mean, the main stage is right there, another stage is over here, and then we're looking at all the booths right it's on the other right side there. of the camera. Yeah. And it's an interesting vibe. Coming down here, you know, typically I would look at, all right, these are the three areas I'd like to look yeah. at. Are there specific areas you're looking at? Yeah, so right now in my organization, we're laser focused on data, how we provide better structure for it, how we use it, uh, really, you know, as a foundational item. Is it focused item. on outcomes or operations? Or? Uh, we've done a lot of work over time on the clinical outcomes, on quality and safety and data elements there. Now that's still going to be very important to us. That's obviously part of our mission. But we're renewing our focus on operational data. And then really, how do we make better business decisions based on data? And we, you know, have a highly kind of decentralized data set of tools and resources in our organization today. So I'm really looking for opportunities, options to bring that together and be able to provide back to the organization an environment that they can create that kind of continually learning health system everybody wants to create. So as a CIO, you're creating the platform and then you're rallying people to look at it and go. Rallying people. And I fully recognize and appreciate that it's not, can't solely be driven out of the CIO's office, right? And that's something that but we do need to have a common vision driving force and we're working with some key partners to go create that and then create a cloud-based health lake type approach to it, which takes a different set of skills and resources that we're also trying to figure out. Yeah, that is a challenge. We got to number one of your three, but I'm not done with data yeah, yet. Yeah. Patient-generated data, we used to talk about this like eight years ago yeah. or nine years ago. We're going to start taking in patient generated yeah. Now, my experience with that is, the minute we started talking about it with the physicians, they just looked at me like, you're nuts. Right. But there is some value to be gained from that patient-generated data. There absolutely is. And I think whether it's patient-generated or whether it's as we open up the interoperability spigots, I think the biggest challenge in the provider reaction is 
what am I going to do with all of this? Yeah, and, and am I going to be liable for all this? Right. Like they may not look at the record every day, right. and if somebody's pumping data in there every day, and then something happens, it's like, yeah. oh, I expected you to be looking at my record. Well, yeah. we don't have that kind of resource. Right. Absolutely, and I think that's you know probably a great use of application of technology. Right. right. Is how do you do the deduplication? How do you raise up the things in all of that, a significant amount of data that makes sense, that need attention? How do you pre-populate them onto a scratch pad so somebody can easily pull them into the record and not have to review all of it to both address kind of the provider burnout concerns related to the massive data, but also try and make sure that we highlight the key things. I think there's a huge opportunity there. So that was number one, data. Yes, cyber is always top of mind, so that's certainly, and they go hand in hand, right? So as we continue to expand our data ecosystem, as we kind of like trying to unlock it, how do we do that in a secure way? So I'm always interested in knowing what, and kind of interacting with companies that are thinking about how to go solve the cyber quandary different. Hot topic in my conversations with people is just the level of sophistication of attacks continues. I've had a couple of interesting conversations with some peers about, you know, given chat GTP and there's other things, you can't distinguish really a phishing email anymore. So it's just like they're so cleverly written. So how do we continue to innovate to stay ahead of the application of technology by the bad guys coming at us? It's it's wild. It's OpenAI, ChatGPT, 3.5 and 4. Couldn't be more at the hype cycle. I mean, that's like, yeah. if there's a peak, right. it's pretty much there. Right. But one of the reasons it's there is it's not disappointing. Right, so people are going in and they're playing with it and they're going, oh my gosh. Yeah. It may not be, oh this can be, do a diagnosis, because right. it can't do a diagnosis. Yeah. But it is, I can't believe how far this has come. Yeah, no doubt. I think there's going to be like a companion tools like that that come around that help providers. I don't think in any way they're going to replace the providers, what they do, their intelligence expertise. But there's going to be companion capabilities that are going to help but also, I think maybe we could apply some of that technology to, right, even some of the things we produce as a healthcare organization, right, our depart or discharge summaries, aren't always clearly intelligible by our families and aren't always easily translated multiple ways. And so using tools that kind of help those outputs might also be an opportunity. And even if healthcare doesn't use it, I could see me getting a diagnosis or a child getting a diagnosis, yeah. and I'd just go to ChatGPT right. and say, explain this to me. Right. What you're doing today in Google, right? You're going to Google, but now it's just the level of right. sophistication of well, the explanation gets yeah, better. Yeah, Google's like a librarian, right. right? So you ask it and it goes, hey, here's 10, 10 books you can read and Absolutely. figure this out. ChatGPT's a little more prescriptive in that you yeah. say, hey, what does this diagnosis mean? And, it, and then it comes back and essentially it's scoured WebMD and all this right. other stuff. It says, no, this could mean one of three things. Now, that probably is scaring some doctors, yeah. but there's a certain aspect. As a CIO, it's like our job is to educate and say, Look, we're not implementing this tomorrow, but whether we want to or not, our patients are going to start using this oh, tomorrow. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We'll get back to our show in just a minute. We have a great webinar coming up for you in April. We just finished our March one on April 6th at 1 p.m. Eastern time, the first Thursday of every month. We're going to have our leadership series. This one is on CISO priorities for 2023, Chief Information Security Officers. We have a great panel. We have Eric Decker with Intermountain, Shauna Hofer with St. Luke's Health System out of Boise, Idaho, and Vic Aurora with Hospital for Special Surgery. And we are going to delve into what are the priorities for security? What are we seeing? What are the new threat vectors? 
what is top of mind for this group? If you want to be a part of these webinars, and we would love to have you be a part of them, go ahead and sign up. You can go to our website, thisweekhealth.com. Top right-hand corner, you'll see our webinar. And when you get to that page, go ahead and fill out your information. Don't forget to put a question in there. One of the things that we do, I think that is pretty distinct, is we collect, like for today's webinar, we had 50 some odd questions that we utilized in order to make sure that the conversation is the conversation that you want us to have with these executives. So really appreciate you guys being a part of it and look forward to seeing you on that webinar. Now, back to the show. Yeah. It's really kind of interesting. Yeah. Was that the third or? So, so I think it was the second, but it was a good segue to the third, right? Because the third is our continued, and I think a lot of our peer organizations continued investment in the digital technologies, advancing consumer experience, right? This is a huge area of focus. We're heavily focused in our organization on access, right? But so, both like- So children's. Children's. You're focused on the family. We're focused on the family. And it does create interesting dynamics, right? Both in the traditional portal sense where you've got- Right, um, you have the consent you know, and all that Consent stuff. issues and adolescent issues and you kind of have to relinquish the parents' right to the portal at a period of time depending on state law. But it's really though, orienting towards and basically using the data we have and can collect to make a more personalized experience and getting to that true CRM for healthcare. That's one of our key initiatives. And being able to pull the family unit together, right? right. So knowing that there's siblings that have appointments that are on opposite sides of our system, how do we bring those together? How do we create kind of experience moments by just being aware, contextually aware of what a family's dealing with multiple children and their encounters and those sorts of things. So how we continue to use our CRM that we're putting in place to do that work and then trying to create a more seamless experience of the digital tools we put in place, which we don't want them to feel disparate. So we're working on how do you create a common framework and look and feel for these things. It's interesting when people hear the CRM word, they think, oh, this is really about outreach and this is really about a lot of that kind of stuff, but it's really about that whole patient profile. It's like understanding who their family members are. Absolutely. And all that stuff, yeah. Yep. You need a, a record for that, and that's not necessarily the EHR, is it? Yeah, it's not at all the EHR, and I know that there's efforts by some of the HR companies to move into that space, Right. and I think those are good. I think they're well-placed, but I always also think there's going to be a system of care record and then the know-me record, right? right. The And how do we, and there's just, it's a different approach, and it will drive some level of capability to do outreach and follow up on either missed appointments or rescheduled requests or waitlisting and those sorts of things that you're just not going to get right out of your EHR in the way that it's constructed today. Matt, I want to thank you for your yeah, time. You really bet. appreciate it. You, you can tell this thank is you. a healthcare conference. I just rolled out a whole thing of desserts right there you here go. next to I us. mean, <laughs> the, it look, looks lovely. It's like precedes the lunch. I know. I know. It's so amazing. It's good. Well, thank you again. Yeah, thank you. Another great interview. I want to thank everybody who spent time with us at the conference. I love hearing from people on the front lines, and it's phenomenal that they've taken the time to share their wisdom and experience with the community. It is greatly appreciated. We also want to thank our sponsors who make this content possible and are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. They are Shortest, CDW Healthcare, Artisite, and Rubric. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.